Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome back for another week of being 6'5", 220, and having two co-hosts. Because we're not twins, we're not Army Hammer. We're not, we're not. Um, welcome back to Quarantine After Dark. For CND after dark. Well, I'm combining everything at this point. Quarantine after dark, baby. Because you don't quarantine at, not, at in the morning. Uh-uh. Obviously. In the daytime, it is free for all. No masks. I'm just kidding. Please take it seriously. Those numbers are going up. Don't you know the virus doesn't spread in, in the cold? <laughs> don't you know the virus is immune to sunlight? Like, oh. aren't y'all reading? Wait. Is the virus Edward Cullen? Dun, dun, dun. Um, anywho, that was a weird start. Okay. So, we're, we're doing something different. Uh, you know, this is probably going to be part of our seamless second, because we're sharing this week for mm-hmm. our seamless seconds. So, it's October. It's spooky season, but more specifically, um, we're, we're going back to high school for some reason. Um, it, uh, this is homecoming season. Uh, that means Spirit Week, but we're doing Spirit Month. You want you want to talk about um, Spirit Month a little bit? Of course. So I believe we first mentioned this little idea in our September Psychiatric Seamless and Themeless uh, Mental Illness, uh, and we were talking about Spirit Week, which if you're not American, I don't think other countries do this not trying to be like we're unique we're different we're quirky but like i don't think other countries do that because like homecoming is not like a thing i don't know but during homecoming week which is like the last home game for sports teams mainly basketball and football they have all these themed days and obviously we don't do this podcast every single day of the week because i think that would physically obliterate both of us Um, Mm -hmm. We do it weekly. So instead, we're doing a themed day at the end of every week. And what's today's theme? Today's theme is our Hogwarts houses. So we have dressed up as our Hogwarts house, our colors. Uh, What is your Hogwarts house? My Hogwarts house, according to Pottermore, is Ravenclaw. Ooh, do you feel like a Ravenclaw? I think, like, I definitely would have been if I was still in an academic setting, naturally very stressed about the school stuff, um, also own a ridiculous amount of navy blue, and also am irrelevant in most people's lives. Ooh. Um, you know, I think you really fit Ravenclaw, I should say, because, you know, I've taken Podmore tests a couple of times, um, but it's always, like, what you value and what you think you're in um but you know Ravenclaw values creativity and I think you're a very creative person who knew this would be therapy hour validation do you identify with the yellow blazing sun that is the house of Hufflepuff I do I love to just burn in the sun um yes I am a Hufflepuff it is 2020. Enough with the Hufflepuff slander. We uh, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are the superior houses. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you, you know, I was telling you earlier, I think Gryffindors and Slytherins are both cocky in just different ways. Gryffindor, they just think they are 
the bleep. They, they, they're out here just being like, I fight because I'm brave. Not like you guys, Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws. And then there's just like Slytherins. They're the bad guys. I beat them up. And then Slytherins are like, yeah, we're ambitious. We're leaders. And that can make you a little cocky and sometimes make you into some villains. But good people do come out of Slytherin as well. Meanwhile, we're out here avoiding conflict by being friends with the enemies, making peace, and coming up with creative solutions to solve our differences. Let's be honest. If Professor McGoggle asked us, do you, okay, you have two choices, fight at the Battle of Hogwarts or you can leave, which one would you choose? Leave. Leave. I'm yeah. not a fighter. I'm not. We're not fighters. But for some reason, she who shall not be named... Um, decided to make us look like fools if we left because that's not brave. And bravery is the most important aspect of a person because someone values Gryffindor for some reason. In the rewrites, Daniel said that all houses are important and I stand by that. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to go on a little rant here. I, As I've gotten older, I just find it ridiculous how specifically Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are so just like underrepresented in the books like everybody is basically like Gryffindor or Slytherin and if you're Slytherin you're a bad guy the only people we get are what's his name what's his name Robert Cedric Diggory and he um, dies yeah he gets killed off and then we have Luna Lovegood and that is it yeah like you have Luna uh, Lovegood and Cho Chang and I have Cedric Diggory, who died in the movie he first appeared in. And then I have Tonks, who is a really good character, but barely ever there. And she dies. And then I have Newt Scamander in the new movies, uh, who was played by someone who has stirred up some controversy. Ooh. Ooh. Not more tea attached to uh, Harry Potter. Ooh. But, you know... This is not a Harry Potter podcast. It's not. It but before we transition into the main the the main element of this podcast, do you want to talk about your um, Hufflepuff fit? <laughs> well, I have a yellow collared shirt that's suffocating me right now. Also, I have these that my mom bought me one uh, one year, a few years ago. They are actual Hufflepuff socks. Whoa, I'm not wearing them. on brand. Yeah. And I was going to wear these, their earrings, but I really didn't want to wear them. But they're here in spirit. They're yellow and white. They're little daisies. Now, your fit is so much cuter, so you need to talk about it. Okay, so I may or may not have stared at myself in the mirror at 6 o'clock for a long time. <laughs> like, being like, do I like this? Haven't um, we all done that? Aren't we all vain and narcissistic, but also cripplingly insecure? Um, I like to think that my fit is... Ravenclaw, but like with a zoom aesthetic, you know, I've got an 8 a.m. So I got to look presentable up top, but on the bottom, you know, it's those Nike shorts, honey. Oh, you know, those yeah. thighs are out. Um, on the very tippity top of my head, I said TikTok inspiration, let's go. So my hair is disgusting, and I'm a big fan of a headscarf because I don't like it. So I did a little traditional bandana tie, and I have a large pearl, um, from Amazon, so it's not real pearls. Hair clip, like clipped through it. Very, very TikTok esque. And then on top, similar to Harriet Styles himself, I have a large blue 
sweatshirt over a white button-up with thin blue stripes and the sweatshirt says kale it is the one that beyonce mm-hmm. wears in the 7-eleven video not the exact one but the same one it's like wow really i really love your fit because i think it really fits like the ravenclaw academia aesthetic i think ravenclaw does work with like the indie you know witch aesthetic Ooh. but I think academia, it obviously fits because Ravenclaw is intelligent, creative, all that. Um, I wanted to do cottagecore, but, you know, my clothes aesthetic really aren't cottagecore. So. You're giving me, like, okay, stay with the vision for a second. You're giving me. (laughs) every time you start with that. (laughs) It wasn't even a bad thing. You're giving me, like, sporty kind of, like, because of the zipper, like, you know. But like English sporty, not like American sporty with like those nasty jerseys and stuff. To, like, am I gonna go watch rugby or something? You're going to rugby, right? So you have that on, and like if it if we both would have committed to like a full outfit, which neither was it, doesn't matter. You're not gonna see it. Um, I feel like you would be wearing like one of those like skirt kind of things, but like in like a gray color. Whoa. Okay, I'm kind of loving this. Uh-huh, and, like, the shirt, like, kind of tucked in. And then you would have some type of, like, sock action. And some, like, maybe those Doc Martens that people wear. That They're kind of like Mary Janes. I don't know what the style is called, but you know what I'm talking about. I feel like that would mm-hmm. be the vibe. And it would be kind of gloomy, and you'd be like, oh, here we go again. Ooh. See, I think those Doc Martens would work with your outfit as well. Ooh. I really think they do. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I love this. I wish I could be like cottage core aesthetic, but I think that requires a lot of dresses. And I'm not for that. I feel like you could wear like an overall or a trouser. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> call it what you want. Uh, call it what you want. Uh, call it what you want to. Not because he owns me, but because he really, because knows, he really knows me. me. Speaking of him really knowing me, um, this week. We are back with a a film franchise that we're already acquainted with. The Kissing Booth. Except this time it's the second one. Which happens to be over two hours long. And for what reason? It was so... Impossibly long. And you watched it all today. I split it into two days. I watched half of it last night and half this morning. I had to take a break in between, and every time I looked at how much time was left, I, I swear, I was like, how have I barely gone through this movie? Because I feel like so much happens, and then I feel like so much happens, then they're like, montage, so much happens, montage, so much happens, and I'm like, can we slow it down? Can we actually make a cohesive movie here? There is an absurd amount of montages. Like, I'll give the opening montage a pass because they're making a call back to the previous film. They're like, oh, look, our formatting is the same. But some of them, I was like, okay, if I have to see these two on this little Dance Dance Mania mat one more time, I'm going to scream. I'm going to rip my hair out. I think this movie would work so much better if it was set in, like, a weekend. If it was set in, like, three days, but this movie is set in, like, all types of... It's, like, set at least in, like, nine weeks. Isn't it, like, the whole school year? Like... Oh. 
Oh, yeah, because they graduated. Yeah, you were telling me about uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. Like, the timing of this doesn't really make sense. It has really big twilight timing, if you will, because the movie starts and it's the first day of senior year, and then she finds out about this dance competition. I would say somewhere close to the beginning of the school year, and they have nine mm-hmm. weeks to prepare for it, so about two months-ish, um, and then we're graduating. If you get that, like, nine-ish months, that's, I mean, like, close to the beginning of November. So, yeah, Thanksgiving would be, like, right around the corner. But then, like, again, like, they went through a whole semester. Did your school work on nine-week quarters? Because, like, that's what our school did. It's kind of complicated. So, like, some classes in high school were nine weeks. So, for instance, like, economics and U.S. government was split into, like, nine weeks. And then, like, gym was in nine weeks, and then you had, like, a free period the next nine weeks. But other classes, it was just, like, the full 18 weeks. So, like, ours, from what I remember, was, like, so there were four nine-week periods, and then there were breaks in between them. But now, I think, like, they've done away with a lot of the breaks. Like, I think, like, I don't even think fall break is a thing anymore. But, Mm. which is crazy in my opinion. But, like, we would have the same class for 18 weeks, and then you would switch in the spring, kind of like college. But they divided the, like, report cards or whatever by nine-week periods. So it would be like, nine-week period one, report card. Nine-week period two, report card. But, you know, in college now, usually fall breaks are like just two days. And then spring breaks like the full week. And some schools don't even do fall break in college. Like, my friend, she went to a school in Kentucky and they don't even have a fall break. Yeah, well, we don't have a fall break anymore either because of... I don't really know their reasoning behind all this, but, like, apparently COVID said no fall break. And apparently we're getting no spring break either, which I'm a little bummed about because spring break was usually, like, the full week. So... Education. Mm-hmm. So fun. So this movie... I'm telling you, when it first started, I was having a fun time just because how ridiculous and bad it is. It, if you go into it thinking it's good, it's not, you're going to be so disappointed. But if you go into it knowing it's bad, you're going to have a fun time until it gets to like 30 minutes in and you're like, wow, we're not almost done. Is there a single person who's watching this that's like, yes, this is going to be a cinematic masterpiece, The Kissing Booth 2? Maybe like teenagers... I don't even think they, like, I feel like teenagers are smarter than we give them credit for. Not like teen, maybe like 11 year olds, 12 year olds, like around that age. People who don't have like realistic expectations. (laughs) Like, I guess, but at the same time, I'm like, is that their target audience? Because it's very, I mean, it's not like super like sex filled or anything, but there's like, you know. There was a sex montage. I mean, not like montage, but it was odd cuts that made it seem like a montage. Mm -hmm. And like some talking about nudes. She said, no, she said, I'm going to play you love. <laughs> I said, like, I'm going to play on you like a jungle gym. And I was like. I'm going to make you my own personal jungle gym. Um, same difference. But that was, I literally almost threw up when I heard that. I that like, made my body, like, suck inside of itself a little bit. Because something about those kind of phrases, it gave me a better hold on tight spider monkey energy. And I didn't really appreciate it in this context. But the start of the film, we have that rapid montage of what's been going on in the summer. And there is continuity errors, which we will talk about in a second. But, you know, 
it's summertime. We're at the Flynn's Beach House because they got money, money. Um, her and Lee started a podcast. She's out here doing all these video games and all this stuff. And then here's the Beach House continuity error. At the end of the last movie, you know, Noah and I almost said Joey. Noah and Elle, they like make up after this long time of not talking. And then she drops him off at the airport so he can go to Harvard and she rides off on the motorcycle. The beginning of this, this movie, there's like a whole month of them spent at the beach house before they even go to the airport. I know. Okay, so I was thinking the same thing. Like, didn't this boy like go to college? Like, why did he leave just to come back? Like, I don't get that. And also, people move in, like, the week, like, in August. They Mm -hmm. don't typically, unless they're doing summer glasses, which I don't think you would be doing. So, I was very confused on, like, why he left in the first place. I think that's, like, a movie thing. Because so many movies where someone goes off to college, they leave, like, so early. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Because I'm like, you're just going to be chilling there by yourself. At least in, like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen... She left because she was doing summer classes because she's smart, smart, who I could believe get into an Ivy League school or wherever she went. And she was like, um, Peter, I have to go in the summer. And he's like, Gwen, I got three villains I'm fighting over here. Like, come on. They do it in the Cheetah Girls. Gabriella leaves before graduating high school to go whatever to, to go to whatever school she was going to. It didn't make any sense to me. I think she goes to Berkeley. Is that just the it school, UC Berkeley? I don't know. I'm like, I thought people love like USC. Not Maybe anymore. Not anymore, apparently. But she said UC Berkeley was her choice because that's for her mama, her dead mom. Her. She said like it's all this fast-paced stuff, and then it did it in the last movie too. The music changes and it gets slow, and she's like, "This one's for you, mom." She only brings up her mom. In these montages, in like the worst part, and I'm like, for what? It'll be like, what? and then we dance, and then we went to Japan, and then we had sex on the beach. This one's for you, mom. Like what? <laughs> that doesn't even make I had any sex sense. On the beach for you, mom. <laughs> I got rough and wild with my boyfriend, and almost sent him a nude for you, mom. Oh my goodness. These montages, I think I I love the montages because of how ridiculous they are. But can I just say, it, these parts are like so funny, but then you really start watching the movie and it's like, this is a lot. If they would have cut most of these montages, this movie could have been like an hour and a half. Like easy. But like the main issue going on is all the subplots what Mm -hmm. is with all these sub this is not a cohesive movie at least the last movie had a plot had one plot that was it this one it's got like five different subplots one of them doesn't even have to do with anything in any of these characters i'm okay let's name off these subplots okay main main plot and then the subplot so subplot number one is l and noah's long distance relationship because he's in boston and she's in la subplot number two is gotta get into college but don't have any money (laughs) subplot number three is new boy is hot Mm, ah, questionable but he can help me get money subplot number four is noah cheating on me Subplot number five, I didn't tell Lee that I might not be going to Berkeley. 
Subplot number six, Rachel hates me because she can't get any time with Lee. Subplot number seven, in case you forgot, there were two LGBTQIA plus members in the last movie and we're bringing them back for our irrelevant gay subplot that isn't even properly fleshed out. I think this is the only thing we were talking about when watching this movie because I watched it today and I kept like texting you about it. I'm like, this gay subplot, it has me rolling. I mean, it literally has nothing to do with anything in the movie. And this is not me complaining that there's LGBTQ representation in this film. No, this is me complaining that it is so irrelevant to the plot that it's almost insulting. Mm-hmm. So... Disney does this thing as well, where they're like, okay, people think we're homophobic. So we got to include like two gay characters in, uh, in our movie, but like, we can't put it in the, uh, like them as main characters because we are homophobic, but we don't want to seem that way. So we're going to put them in the background. Well, this movie, I mean, they did a little bit more, but also we're not going to bother trying to tie it into the entire plot. We're just going to like put it in there. Just like, like it's there. We got to abide by new standards in the film industry. I just hate it. They're like basically saying, we already gave you the television spinoff of Love, Simon. What else do you want from us? It's just, it's so unrelated to anything. And like they did it, they had like little like sprinkles of it in the last movie. And when I think about it, High School Musical, the musical, the series did the same thing with those two characters. I'm like, what are we doing like what is the point and i don't i have no idea because we need to like make sure to clarify this movie is based on a fanfic that was adapted into a book i don't know if these characters were like in the book and they had a more like fleshed out story and everything i don't know but the movie did not do a good job at conveying that at all either way it's insulting because if it was in the book either like i don't care how it was in the book the, the filmmakers could have done something to improve it or and they just messed up they really did um it and also i'm gonna we'll just get through the gay self plot because there's nothing like to get through basically Mm-mm. there's like two or three scenes so one scene is like Elle is at the beach and then ollie comes up to her and she's like so you and what's his name miles yeah i can't remember his name Miles. She's like, you and Miles. Mm." And he's like, no, no way. And she's like, oh, I didn't mean to assume. This is none of my business. It's very much like, I am aware. I am so aware. (laughs) I apologize. I am multicultural. (laughs) Like, it's that kind of energy. And he's like, and then he starts being like, well, I mean, I'm kind of. And she's like, that is amazing. That is great. I am an ally. (laughs) suddenly her bathing suit was rainbow she had the pin she had the pride flag suddenly she was there for it and i also also should clarify even more that we are allies but this movie just really overdid it it was just ridiculous and she's like trust me i know from experience i'm like i know you are not trying to relate your like crusty relationship with mr anger management issues to like him dealing with his sexuality okay she's like you're gonna regret it if you don't shoot your shot yeah i mean the movie tried to do this thing where she's like giving love advice but also needs to take it for herself Mm -hmm. but it didn't really work out and then the i think 
literally the next scene i mean they kind of give each other googly eyes and flirty eyes at like the halloween dance but that's about it and then the next and final scene of them is at the kissing booth 2.0 and they kiss and everybody's just like cheering on as if they've never seen a gay couple before they're just like and they live in los angeles like this is not earth shattering at all i'm like maybe in like some yeehaw town in the middle of nowhere would be like oh my god but like it's los angeles it has it's the same thing as 13 reasons why when everyone is like <gasps> like i'm like y'all live in california chill out so to lightly coddle two birds with two sets of hands because killing birds mm, that ain't for me uh we have <laughs> the noah subplot which is like a two-in-one so the first one is like l dealing with like her separation anxiety from her high school boyfriend no, no you did not just say that as if she's a dog and like <laughs> separation anxiety is real it's like when little kids I get know, dropped off like... at daycare and they cry and that's on me that's a personal story no but like honestly i get when you it was i it was a funny joke because she literally she is kind of like either a child or a dog that's like i'm separated from my owner which is like completely problematic but first of all i thought that was gonna be like the main plot of the movie me too and it's there i don't think there is a main plot i think there's like Mm -hmm. just subplots no obviously noah is off at harvard creating facebook um (laughs) you know with some chickens or whatever and (laughs) getting sued by his best friend you know the the usual just a typical tuesday and, you know, um, sleeping with Sean Parker. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Sean Parker. I had to throw in some jokes about that. I just, I couldn't resist. Um, and she's over here, like, doing her high school thing. And also, I need to clarify something. I need to just point something out. So she was wearing that itty bitty little skirt. And I was like, is this girl really going to make the same mistake? But she chose that skirt. And you know what? I think I think it was a cute skirt. It was cute. But isn't that like, wasn't a big, that a big thing? Like in the last movie that it was a violation of dress code. And you know, if the boys can't keep the eyes off of her, that's a boy's problem. Agreed. But that has to be so uncomfortable. I'm just saying that skirt was so tiny. I'd be pulling it down the entire time. My whole entire body would be on display. Um, but I mean, I, if you're confident and feeling cute and fun, go off, I guess. Question mark. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying maybe the dress code just like lightened up a little bit. Um, it was short, but it definitely wasn't I, as short as the previous one. Yeah. Uh, you like went you cut out a little bit there so it I keeps know freezing and i just like yeah. sit here i know i'm just like going with it at this point because there's nothing we can do to fix it but she's um, conquering her senior year right which means mm-hmm. like college apps and dealing with like financial stuff all that fun fun stuff that we all loved and look forward fresh. to um mm-hmm. but she she's almost like afraid to text noah and like here's the deal they're only a year apart but I think the jump from, like, senior in high school to freshman it's in college is so, huge. Especially if you're going – okay, I'm saying if you especially go, like, across the country, mm-hmm. I feel like that's even more of a major difference. And I think it's just the maturity level. And there's something weird, like, no matter if you're a freshman or not, about hearing college student dating a high school student. Yeah. It's something, like, really weird about it. 
Even if it's legal, it's just weird. Yeah. And, yeah, she has, like, like, she's afraid to text him. And at first I thought, like, well, is he, like, not texting her? I was like, oop, cheating. Cheater. But she's the one that's not saying anything she she literally texts him take care i'm like girl what is this who says that you just she just randomly texted him take care that's what i end an email with sometimes not a text message to someone i know well but i think the whole thing was like she was scared of tying him down and kind of like seeming desperate and immature and juvenile while her grown-up boyfriend is across the country doing his own thing she's like I want him to have the freedom to do what he wants, but also, like, I want him to know that I care about him, and I don't know how to, like, express that or convey that well. And she literally said at the beginning during the crazy montage, she was like, maybe that's just the maturity of being a senior. I'm like, girl. There's no maturity of being a senior. Uh Uh-uh. That period of time, Um, I was the least together I've probably ever been in my life. And you know, you know... There is one thing that shows she is not, she has no maturity whatsoever. She is hiking up these Hollywood, this Hollywood sign trail at night by herself, a woman in Los Angeles. Girl, I guarantee you there are probably so many creeps who just wait up on that Hollywood sign or at those trails. But that's her just, virginity location. She said, I she have to, to connect. There. I have to. I'm like, Girl, that is so unsafe. I would never. She said, it makes me feel comforted to know that me and Noah hooked up here. She said, this Mm. is my sanctuary, my haven. Oh, you know, it's like the whole movie feels like a kid's movie. And then they're just like sex. And I'm Uh like, oh, okay. (laughs) If they remove that, it could totally be like rated G. I'm almost positive. It could so be a decom. It could... Just like with a higher budget. I am never going to give it the grace of being called I'm, the decom, but you you but like, stand by your laurels. Maybe a modern decom, but like a modern, I don't know what modern decoms are like anymore. All I know is the descendants, but I'm giving it that. Ugh. Okay, Um. subplot number three, we have cheating or suspicion of cheating. This got me so riled up. I was about I was gonna punch someone I really was so you know Elle goes to visit um I almost called him Nate (laughs) uh to go visit Noah to go visit Jacob Ellerty (laughs) yes uh where he is creating Facebook and getting rejected by so many women for talking so much um but with his little group of boys or whatever um there's this one woman she is fantastic. She is beautiful. She is Chloe. With the she accent. is British. She is British, love. Um, and obviously, because women need to compete against one another, Elle gets immediately jealous because she is a woman. That is it. Because the first, it's literally just like Elle saw her when she when he w- she was FaceTiming um, Noah. And she's like, who is that woman hanging out with my man? Not even just her man, a group of men. 
I'm like, out of all, just, it made no sense whatsoever for her to I'm be I'm going to defend her for a second because I thought it made oh, sense. Oh, I won't defend her in like a few minutes, but go ahead. So uh, the first meeting, they're having a little Skype call and Noah's just like out there cheeks out naked chilling. And the, the boys come in along with Chloe and she's like, oh, you're naked, you naughty, naughty boy. And it's like the way that oh, she acts kind of makes her insecure. <laughs> Because I definitely don't think it needs to be, like, a woman versus woman thing or a thing where, like, men and women can't be friends because I totally think they can and, like, be 100% platonic and there be no romance or anything involved. But that kind of puts Elle on edge and she's like, okay. And then when she goes to visit him in Boston after the three-minute-long Boston montage, um, she finds an earring underneath his bed. and is Well, that part I start, like thinking like yeah chloe is a little suspicious because chloe is like i think she just has a naturally like flirty personality because she's constantly like flirting with noah and also like this i'm i'm sorry i still i still think they they at least hooked up once something happened because they're like you're so why did he say you're so good to me to chloe you're so good for me you don't say that to anybody unless you're romantically involved i am so sorry it's their friendship was weird and also the way like they were so buddy buddy touchy-feely after the semester had like just started like think about it they have not known each other that long no maybe like a month something like that because when she visits it's close to the beginning of the school year like she hasn't even found out about the dance competition yet no and it's something obviously and the whole reasoning behind why she left her earring there i mean i know they showed a scene where it's like could you believe that Elle thought we were together that i would be cheating on her and i'm like yeah and she says look i'm just gonna be honest i i came i i was drunk or something i don't remember the whole reason but her and her boyfriend got in a fight and she was like i'm sleeping at his place and she left her earring there. I'm like, this is such a stupid reason. And like, yeah, we see it because obviously Elle isn't there. So obviously they're telling the truth about it. They would just admit it to one another in that situation, in that scene. But I still think like at least something happened. They like kissed or there was like some groping or something because they're way too comfortable like physically with each other. And I know some people are naturally like flirtatious. Like I get it. But Y'all cannot be so oblivious to not understand why she would think there was something between the two of you. And also, I know he did this just to make Elle mad. But at Thanksgiving, he still brings Chloe to to Thanksgiving, like, across the country. When Molly Ringwald still thinks that Elle and Noah are okay. So, like, did Molly Ringwald not even think, like, who is this girl? That you're bringing to Thanksgiving. Okay, fun fact. I can clarify this right now. He was actually planning on bringing her before they started fighting. Because at the end of the movie, Chloe's like, well, he brought me along so that the two of us could become friends. Which is like, that's weird. What is that normal to bring people home for Thanksgiving? I don't know because I didn't go out of state for school. But like, mm-hmm. somebody else let me know. But he did that so they could be buddy-buddy, which is stupid. But he purposefully sat next to her and was all the way he was because he saw Mm -hmm. her kiss marco i just think something definitely happened 
and I'll just say, I think she, I think them both, they just were too flirty with each other mm-hmm. for, and for what reason? Like, they could have, they could have been just platonic friends and would have made it convincing, but this movie was like, no, we gotta make it unconvincing. I thought what the reveal was gonna be at the end, because, like, I was like, she's surely, I was like, she's gonna be gay, or, like, because Chloe's really hyped up for being, you know, extravagant and foreign and having all these life experiences and stuff. I thought it was going to be like, all oh, that was a lie. Like, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, I'm poor and I'm a scholarship student. Her, my parents she, she don't love me. Her, she was going to have her Mitchie moment from Camp Rock. Yeah. Like, my dad actually isn't the head of whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought it was going to be re- revealed that she was a lesbian because she would have been like, I can't believe Elle thought that I was into guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> but no, the whole thing, the whole reveal was just that I am the one person that doesn't find you charming, which like, uh, movie secret, that means everybody, that me that basically means she finds him charming. To be aware that everyone else is charmed by him, I feel like she would have to have been charmed at least at some point. She kind of gives me, like, I'm not like other girls, Mm -hmm. you know? If she was a lesbian, it would have been a better gay subplot than what we got. I know, seriously. Um, But there is that. I mean, obviously. It's all Noah's fault because he's a liar. Yeah. But, um... We spoke about Marco, but we never reveal who is Marco. Who he is he? He is the new boy who is the latest reason as to why Miss Rochelle Evans does not know how to shut her mouth or when to shut mm-hmm. her mouth. She is just going off about this workout video that he has. And let me just say, that man had well, the tiniest... number four. He had the tiniest areolas I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, they were like kisses. They were like... <laughs> Like, they were little. And mm. my favorite quote from it... Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I wrote the social network in my notes. <laughs> she said something about... Like, I don't know if I want to... Oh, it's right here. Lick it, smack it, or bite it. Like, talking about his tush. And I was like, babe, not on the morning announcements. This movie really said we're going to be ridiculous about it. She... I mean, this girl, she, okay, here's my whole thing. I'm like, Joey L, whatever your name is, she has a boyfriend and she's trying to convince everybody that they're still together, yet she's over here with somebody, like just somebody else. And she's like, yo, I could definitely tap that. And I'm like, would this other girl not be like, girl, aren't you like dating somebody? Well, the goth girl from the previous movie, Easy Bake Oven Girl, she knew that the intercom was on and she was like, yeah, keep talking, embarrass mm-hmm. yourself, ooh. Um, and I was like, is that not cheating in a way? Like, okay, I this is like what I have to say. <laughs> she confronts Noah about cheating and the way she feels about Chloe in the beginning without ever saying anything about the earring because he's lying about who he went to the concert with and who he spends time with and all this stuff. And I'm like, is she projecting because she knows that she feels some type of way about Marco and she's, like, getting insecure because she knows that she is cheating? I mean, isn't this just, like, Lara from um, To All the Boys where she's in love with that one boy? When, like, she finds the, 
she doesn't okay she's dating noah sister hey who but then jordan fisher whatever his name is he comes along he's like yo laura we're working at like some nursing home together <laughs> i don't think this she situation? was she, okay let me say why i, I think these are different i think laura jean in general is a lot more innocent than Elle is not saying like oh whatever but she had a crush on john as a child and they were John's. friends and that crush, like, when he came back into her life, I think for a second she was like, oh, my God, I used to have a crush on him. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, insta, like, ooh, yeah, body and soul. Whereas Elle sees this video and she's like, yeah, tiny areolas, cake, mm delicious. And, like, I couldn't remember to all the boys that well, so, like, I was just trying to remember as much as possible. But, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's, like... I don't like the To All the Boys series, but it's at least better than this. And I think they're just different. I don't know. Like, the, obviously, the love triangle thing is very much the same, but. I don't think it's like. This movie is just like ridiculous. Whereas, like, To All the Boys at least tries to be a good movie. This one's like, they just put stuff together and said, have at it. Y'all do whatever you want with it. Um, but Marco comes along. He's. You know, he's new. He's a new snack, as uh, some people call him. Love to objectify men. And, you know, his many talents. He he exercises. He sings. He can sing Spanish. He plays, he the, plays guitar. the guitar. Oh, my goodness. Harry Styles, he, watch out. Ew, don't ever. <laughs> don't ever compare them. He is the number one like player for dance dance mania basically he is the justin timberlake of this movie but he looks like the kmart version of noah centenay who does they Mm -hmm. they even sound similar like the way they talk the cadence and like the timbre they're very much like i'm nice there is nothing wrong about me you want to date me if a golden retriever was a boy it would be those two like, they're very much the same, but he kind of looks like Raphael from Jane the Virgin. He does. But, yeah. like, younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I guess this kind of moves into subplot number five with the dance um, contest. So, Elle is over here being like, I'm poor. I need money for college if I want to get into UC Berkeley or Harvard because my boyfriend goes to Harvard. Or, like, any Boston college. So she's like, Dad, we are short on money. I'm going to join. I'm gonna enter a dance contest and get... Okay, so the prize was 50000 but I thought it would have been, like, 25000 for her because, like, split the cost. And I was thinking, for these schools, that wouldn't even cover one semester. Mm-mm. Because these schools are at least thirty to 35000 a semester. And she made it seem... Okay, this is what I'm confused about, right? So they go to this bougie, like, private school that her dad pays for. And, you know, maybe she has a scholarship. I don't know. But to apply to, like, UC Berkeley, and it doesn't even seem like she's that, I'm not trying to come for her throat or anything. She is, like, that smart. Because, like, with her college essays, like, she's getting help at school for, like, writing it. And the person talking to her is like, it's trash. Also, your podcast has no subscribers. And that really gave me PTSD because one time I talked to 
a professor and they're like what do you do and I like mentioned the podcast and I was like I am never doing that again because they made me feel so uh, especially when they asked for the name and they start like they're like I'm gonna listen to it I'm like please don't I have to give like all these disclaimers I'm like that's a different version of me it's not super professional anywho um she's getting help and then Noah's like well if you're worried about getting into UC Berkeley why don't you apply to Harvard it's just like like Harvard's gonna take me I'm like I'm not trying to say UC Berkeley isn't like a good school but like in the U.S. like Harvard is like pretty much like as top tier as you're gonna get I'm like, if she can't get into UC Berkeley, if she's concerned about that, what makes you think homegirl can just easily apply to Harvard and get in? And this movie makes it seem like getting to Harvard is, like, the easiest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. It's, like, they mention, oh, I could never get into Harvard, but then it's like, but I got into Harvard. And I, that's my problem with these movies. I know that these Ivy League schools or these big schools are most known to, like, people are, like, aware. They're like, oh, I know that school. But why, what is the harm of just saying, I'm going to a state school? I'm going to what Cal is, State. What is the harm of it all? And what's the harm of going to community college? If she didn't have a ton of money, and her dad said, like, you also have to think I have to pay for your irrelevant little brother's education, too. Um, and she's and like, she's I, like I didn't even think about that. I forgot I had a brother. And then it's just me the whole time. Oopsies. Um, like, she doesn't even consider those other options, and we both know that C&D, we promote CC, we promote Mm -hmm. community college. I stand it. If anyone ever wants to talk about it, let me know. But the money, she talks to Lee, and it's like, look, I want to go to Berkeley with you. Like, we planned when we were literally six years old, and none of us are ever allowed to change our minds. It's rule number 19, because apparently we didn't learn last time that these rules are extremely toxic. We just love to repeat the pattern, never break it. She's like, I need money. And I know that your mom is Molly Ringwald and your family is well off and like you don't need anything, but I need money. So he agrees to start dancing with her until it becomes a problem because he's spending all his time practicing with Elle and being up Elle's crack that Miss Rachel, Miss 30-year-old suburban housewife herself, is jealous. Oh, are we getting to that subplot? We can hold it off. I just thought I would mention it. Okay. So he you were fakes... breaking. Oh, I was going to say you were breaking out just a little bit. So I, I caught a little bit of what you were saying. What is going on with Miss FaceTime tonight? <sighs> I, I do not understand. I don't know. It keeps, it keeps like freezing this. and stopping. Yeah. It's a little annoying. So if this is just like kind of a hot mess, blame FaceTime. Blame um, this movie. But... The whole movie's a hot mess. <laughs> exactly. I literally, my review for this movie on Letterboxd was, if you saw me log this film, no, you did not. Uh, half a star. Just already given, um, given my rating. I'd give it at least a one. Um, <laughs> anywho, that's just me being optimistic. Anywho, Lee fakes this injury so he doesn't have to outright talk to Elle about needing space or whatever. So she goes to rely on Marco Mr. MVP himself to be her new dance partner and there are 7,000 montages of them dancing on this machine and working on their step accuracy which doesn't even matter because at the competition they are flailing around everywhere no yeah exactly like it was a cool choreography moment I don't know if Abby Lee Miller would have been uh would have been proud it was no cry and it was not but I'm like, isn't the whole point of this game 
is that like your footwork is like the most important thing like the steps you it's like all but they're over here flipping flopping spinning winning i'm like kiss it lick it suck it is this us is this who we um, are is this who we are is this what we represent i just i was like you know these flips were cool and all but what where is the 100 percent accuracy coming for from? real i'm like y'all you were throwing her up in the air and doing backflips and stuff i'm like i know your feet did not land on those little arrows i know mm-hmm. for a fact also how does it measure step accuracy if it's original choreography i don't know i think they have to like make the actual because remember he had this like little list thing he looked at he had like the um the steps and stuff like on a piece of paper so i oh, think well maybe to, like, i just submit. didn't pay attention <laughs> i mean i don't know how how these things work but maybe you have to like submit your own that's a whole nother thing. i don't care you know they won happy good for them but they kiss because the chemistry is there obviously and they have a pre almost kiss before at their final practice and that final practice was and the funniest like thing i've ever seen yeah and this is um well i'll get to that like right because i so i still have words for that but this is around the time that like um l is finally admitting to herself my boyfriend you know just doesn't like me <laughs> She, my boyfriend cheating. loves to cheat. Um, but this whole this whole editing situation, this is when, with even the, throughout all the ridiculous moments in this room, this is when I said, this, it, did they try to make a good film? Because that one takes the cake. It is so funny. If I can find a good still of it, I'm using it on the website because it had me cracking up. It, okay. It looks like one of the covers of those like books you see in Kroger or whatever, and it's like the like the faces are just like in the background, and it's just like. Or you remember? Okay, you remember in um? You remember in Sunday with a Chance, the show that Sterling Knight Mystic in, in, or in not Mystic show? Falls? That's Vampire Diaries. Um, <laughs> whatever that fall but thing you know, is. It was like that, but in video four, it's just like. They're starting to dance, and she's. Rem- he's like, he said, just let go, and she's. And it's just repeating throughout the entire scene. Just let go. That's just how I go. want every memory to look like. When I, whenever I remember something, I want the background to fade. I want the transitions, and I want some scrawny white boy. Excuse me, I'm so sorry to come up to me with CBD gummies and tell me to just calm down and let go. Um, it, it's. It is so bad. I'm like, did, I don't think they're making, they're trying to make a good movie anymore. What That was this? comical. No, I I want an interview with this director. I seriously do. because It did look great. high quality, is, though. Well, just because it's high quality is not me. But the editing, like, it looked high quality. It was a horrible choice, but it looked good. It just, it, it further, it, like, if there was no sex in this movie... This would be a kids movie because kids would approve of this. Kids would not think twice of this because they don't care. They the want, first they cut was an earring in her hand. And that, that earring was the ugliest earring I've ever seen. Like, it was like her, so hideous. And her crying face in the background. And it, I can't. It was It was too much. That is just... It was both the best and worst part of this movie because I 
was cracking up. I was cackling. I had to pause for a second because it was so funny. If Joey King ever wants to come on the podcast and talk about her experience shooting that scene, it would make my life. I have so much respect for this woman. I even, I feel like this is going to be one of those things that I'll just randomly think about, like, in class or something, and just cannot keep myself together. It is so funny. And I even, I compare Joey King to, like, Robert Pattinson in the last two movies, the last two Twilight movies, where he's, like, so done with all of this. He said, I'm just here to get my check. I put in my two weeks notice. And it. I feel like she's the same way. She's like, in I the was bloopers? in the first movie. It looked like she was having a fun time, though. I mean, it was probably a fun time, but she's like, I know this is not going to get me in a cabinet. <laughs> and Jacob, in all the bloopers, like, he has his Australian accent out. He's like, look at me, I'm John Travolta. <laughs> I think, it's, and also, it's funny to note that by this point, they have broken up. Like, they were not together. Because I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes video, and I don't know if this was them filming the third movie, because I think they already filmed the third movie. They filmed the third movie before even announcing there was a third movie. They said, you know, we're just doing it all. And her and Jacob were, like, holding hands in the street, and then the director's, like, cut, and they just immediately go, like, mm-hmm. I think she said in a Howard Stern interview that she would never date another co-star, We've I we've talked about this and I don't know about on the podcast, but let me tell you, if I was an actor, I would never date a co-star, because in my head, I I th- so many expectations, and also like especially if you're playing lovers on on screen, how do you think like how do you know your love is real? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, wouldn't your I mean, I don't know because I'm not an actor, and I'm like maybe there is like distinct separation. And I'm sure some people are like that. They're like, this is a job. But, like, if we had to pretend to have all this chemistry and stuff, I feel like in my dumb, deluded brain, I'd be like, we're in love. And then if we broke up, I would be in some, like, 16-film contract or something, and i have to work with them forever. It would be horrible. I mean, didn't... Uh, is it Nina Dobrev? She's Vampire Diaries. Yes. Isn't she? Didn't her and that other guy, like, date and then break up, and then she was like, okay, I'm doing, like, two more seasons of the show and getting out of here? Uh, yeah, Ian Summerhalder, she dated him for a while, mm. which was, like, funny because she was dating the other brother on screen at the time. Anywho. Um, but I think he was married at first. Not like she was dating him in real life, but, like, that was her love interest on screen. Oh. And then she switched yeah. to Ian Summerhalder's ca- character, and then for, like, the last season or two... She- <laughs> Vampire Diary spoilers, so sorry. Um, she's, like, dead, thank God, because Elena was so freaking annoying. And then she comes back for the last episode. Whoa, that's a lot. Like, I think some co-stars, it, like, it. I feel like I accept as if I'm the one accepting all, all these people's relationships. But, you know, um, the people who play Clark and Bellamy, they... So I read this whole story. I thought this was the cutest thing. I was like, this this is breaking my heart. I mean, not breaking my heart, but it's like fulfilling it. So, you know, they started dating, I think, like during filming the last season. Not even dating. They said, we, you know, she said, we just got together one day after having like these pretty bad breakups. And we started talking about life, what we wanted. And she was like, then we just got married. <laughs> 
I was like, cool. I mean, good for you. I couldn't do it. I just could not. I feel like that'd be very toxic for me. Um, but like, who, who was it that I was thinking of the other day? I started watching Dexter again the other day, and mm. you know how like Dexter. I cannot think of like the actor's real name. Is it's it's Michael something? He uh, dated or no? He was married to her. He married his sister on that show, but like in real life, oh and then gosh. she was, was like, like crazy or something. I'm confused. He is um, Deb's foster brother, but they've been in each other's lives for like forever, right? And yeah. the actors who play both of those characters in real life got married. Yeah, okay. And then they divorced. And I think the actress who plays Deb, like, a lot of people are like, she's crazy, but I don't know. I didn't look into it that much. Okay. Man, this is just a little crazy, you know. But speaking of crazy, uh, we got our favorite housewife, Rachel. I wish I knew her last name. I don't even think she has a last name. But she, we, we know Rachel. She was in the last movie for, like, a split second or two. But she is a prominent character, this movie. And I looked her up because I wanted to know how old this actor was. First of all, she is 30 years old. And she does not look like she is high school age. And I said, like, some 30-year-olds can play high schoolers if they look like it. Like, Zach from 13 Reasons Why, he, he's 30 or close to it. And he look, he still looks high school he's age. He's 30, flirty, and thriving. Yeah. But her... And then I looked her up and I thought this was funny so on her wikia page it's like she's so and so and so and then somebody include because wikia anybody can edit it somebody said she's the best character in the whole series i'm like are you kidding me that is a bold-faced lie she is the worst i this i hate her the most in this movie more than anybody and she you know what you talk about. I can't even speak on it. So, by the time we get to Kissing Booth round two, it would have been Lee and Rachel's, like, one-year anniversary. So, at the start of the school year, they've been together for maybe, like, six months. And Rachel starts feeling like she is the third wheel of this friendship between Elle and Lee. Like, which I thought this part was kind of weird. Like, he's the one that picks both of them up for school, which, like, Elle, I'm like, baby, you have a car. If you don't start driving yourself, like, stop. Rachel's ready to hop in the front, and Elle's like, no, baby, you got backsies. You got backsies. Mm. But Elle is really oblivious. Like, she doesn't realize that she's coming across as, like, overbearing and stuff. Um, so Rachel, she starts getting really jealous. She's like, we never get any alone time. Anytime we hang out, it's always like UNL, UNL, UNL. And I get that to a degree, like her feeling left out because she hasn't been a part of this dynamic for a long time. But the way she handles it, I thought was so immature. So she starts complaining to Lee. She's like, if I'm going to be your girlfriend, I have to be a top priority. You have to tell Mm -hmm. Elle to back off. I mean, she doesn't say it exactly like that, but basically. I will say to some of her defense, because I still think she's a little clingy, but Lee never told Mm -mm. Elle, like, we need space, because Elle would have given them space. Exactly, but she just didn't know that Rachel felt like that. Yeah, but then again, Rachel was also just like, you cannot be friends with Elle anymore. You just can't do this. 
at least it's not like a whole thing where she, where Rachel's like, does he really like Elle? Does he love her? I think it's so clear that they're not at all romantically interested yeah. in each other, which is like why I was comparing their friendship to the platonic in quotation marks friendship between Chloe and Noah, but that's besides the point. Yeah. So she's starting to get like really passive aggressive towards Elle and like the real boiling points, I guess, are the Halloween party and Thanksgiving. Which Halloween, I will say that is completely Lee's fault, I feel like. Because 100%. They were like, okay, we're going to do a threesome costume. <laughs> I don't know if threesome's right. We're going to have a threesome. <laughs> but their costume originally was like, Rachel, you're going to be a toasted marshmallow. And Lee and Elle are going to be uh, graham crackers, which is like... I am I feel so ridiculous. But um Lee and Elle changed their minds last minute and said we're doing Ghostbusters and poor Rachel, she shows up in these this marshmallow costume. I felt for her in that moment because I think Lee just has really poor communication mm-hmm. skills. And honestly, I don't think him or Noah know how to talk to women. They did not no. get a crash course in how to talk to women one oh one. It's because Molly Ringwald was out there working her actress dreams, you know, hitting the pavement and not teaching her children how to be decent humans. But it was an honest mistake. And then when Elle is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I told Lee super last minute, like, we should be Ghostbusters. Like, she obviously thought that he had relayed the message. But in Rachel's head, she's like, oh, my God, she did this to humiliate me. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she, when I tell you she literally goes off, she literally, she yells, she makes a whole scene, and I felt for Elle, because Elle was obviously just like, huh? What? I'm sorry? And it's all Lee's fault, because in Rachel's head, Lee is, like, this perfect boy who does everything she says, and I'm like, no, honey, he's forgetful, he doesn't know anything, he's out Mm -hmm. here faking injuries, um... She storms off and is like, I'm not in the mood. But what really got to me is when she brought up all these past things that they had done. She's like, you crashed my prom. You did this and you did that and you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're the one who said it was okay for her to come to prom with y'all. Yeah, the prom thing I completely forgot about in the first place. And then there's this whole thing. We get a flashback, y'all. So they're at L and uh, Lee's birthday party. Lee's birthday party. And this is when Ellen Lee are talking about like um, they're they're fighting over when Elle was dating Noah or whatever. And she's like, um, if I told you I didn't want you dating uh, Rachel, what would like what would you do? And he's like, well, I guess I would break up with her. And I'm like, mm, that's very toxic. And apparently Rachel overheard, but she and just so, heard that part of the conversation. Yeah. So this is what makes this is like where all the jealousy starts and where all the suspicion starts. Um, and for good reason. I don't think Lee should have said that. And I don't it's... either. But, like, it was taken out of context because Elle was just using it as an example. She's yeah. like, you can't tell me who to date. I can't tell you who to date. We should both just want each other to be happy. But Rachel only hears that one little snippet of the conversation. So in her head, she's like, oh, my God, this friendship is toxic, which it is. But also, Elle is out to get me, even though she's not at all. Like, she doesn't even... I mean, Rachel's not relevant enough for anyone to be out to get. No. Um... And so her and Lee fight at Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving scene, y'all, it is nuts. 
And first of all, it doesn't even look like Thanksgiving because it's in Los Angeles. And they're eating outside on the balcony with candles. I have never eaten outside for Thanksgiving. I haven't either. And there's like no fall decorations up either. I was like, come on, guys. Um, But they're eating. They're telling each other what they're thankful for. I've never done that in my life because this is not a sentimental family. That's some like elementary school (laughs) stuff when you write what you're thankful for on like the feathers of your hand turkey. Yeah. And I don't know how the whole Rachel thing got started, but Rachel is over here like, L, you never listen. You are such a B word. I mean, she obviously doesn't say that. (laughs) But she she thought it. Rachel was thinking it. And L's, I kind of hate how Rachel's always going after L and Lee's like listening in, but he never says anything. He's just like, He's so passive. Like, he doesn't communicate to either of, like, the main women in his life. And then yeah. Rachel gets all embarrassed because Elle turns to Lee and is like, you never told me that. And she's like, oh, my God. I just made myself look like an absolute clown in front of my boyfriend's family and his best friend. Oh, no. And she says to Lee, like, you made me, you practically made me say all those things to Elle. I'm like, girl, you wanted to say those things anyway. And even, like, okay, why can't we ever have our dramatic petty moments in private? Because it's always gotta be Thanksgiving. for real, it's always got to be at the table in front of everybody. Or, like, the kissing booth. I mean, that whole, so many cringy moments are just in front of everybody. And for what reason? Yeah, like, Noah's like, I'm grateful for my motorcycle and basically everything except Elle. And then Elle's like, you know what? I'm super, super grateful for finding this little earring under your bed, you dirty, nasty, filthy, disgusting cheater. And I'm going to run after Rachel to see if I can get a ride with my number one hater while I leave this dinner. I think it's so funny, though, that her dad, by the way, her dad and her brother are there, two irrelevant people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and her dad her dad's like l where are you going and she's like to fix something that's worth fixing and i thought it would have been least friendship because obviously that is the main focal point of these movies but no it's her friendship with rachel friendship very loosely used like they weren't even friends like they just were around each other because of lee and you know why they did it they said we can't have these two women competing against each other they will be superior. This friendship, superior. Women supporting women. And I completely agree with that. But also, it made no sense for the movie. It didn't. And then they break the wishbone and, like, his number one wish is, like, I hope Rachel takes me back. And Elle wishes, I hope Rachel takes me back. And I'm like, ew. (sighs) Rachel is not worth getting that heated over. I'm so sorry. Rachel isn't even 17 years old, guys. She is illegally just, like, she's probably 30 years old trying to live out her youth. But then they finally get back together, and he has this long speech about, you're the most important person in my life. And I hate when people say that, especially about some bogus high school relationship. And then I guess we got to talk about Noah and Elle and them getting back together. I'm, oh, my I'm, God. I'm going to admit the. That part, I was, I was, I kind of skipped over it. I was like, I've heard this all before. <laughs> Basically, it's poor communication once again. Elle's like, I have to run to the airport. I have to run to stop him before he leaves with Chloe. <laughs> and she gets there and she sees her other woman of conflict. Um, she's like, where is he? Where is he? And she's like, he's at the kissing booth, babe. And then also, they make up because women. 
Also, did she have to get through security? How'd she do that without a ticket? I don't bloody know. Because she would have had to, because isn't that where Chloe was? That's the gate. And, I mean, you have to go, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she has that, like, express pass. Like, you know, like, where you don't have to go through. But you have to go, You in order to get, even get through the main area, you have to have a ticket. You can't, unless you, it's like, you have certain reasons. And I doubt, like, finding my boyfriend and making up with him because of Thanksgiving is, like, a reason. It's movie magic. It is. Um, anyways, they make up, they do the smoochy smooch, kissy kissy. In the gazebo. Um, in the gazebo. Um, and then they graduate. And it's so, oh my god, so sad. Tears running down the face. Um, but... You know, Elle, at this point, has been writing her recommendation letter. Not recommendation, but uh, her letter thingy-majiggy. And she's talking about, like, I want to be my best friend's laughter. I want to be Chloe's so-and-so. I want to be Rachel. I want to be my brother's invisibility. I want to be my dad's irrelevance. I want to be Molly's bank account. And what I find funny is that they're showing the people like reading these letters as if they remember l like these people get thousands of these letters a year and i doubt they're just like oh, there's l that letter would not get her admitted into any no. of those schools <laughs> when she was like i got waitlisted i was like oh, no wonder and then it's a real she got accepted to both she needs to make a decision her boyfriend or her best friend because she can't think for herself I think she needs to just get away from those split boys. She needs to do her own thing. And, like, yeah, at the dance competition, one of the judges, it was a high school musical Juilliard moment, it was like, hi, I'm a professor for video game design. I'm like, oh, wow, oh, what a coincidence. Um, <laughs> I do like that she kept it a secret because it is going to give her time to make the decision on her own and not have the influence of anyone around her. Honestly, don't listen to any of the men in your life. Live your truth no. based on what's good for you. And it gives us the third plot of the movie. Oh. I can't wait. But I I know how the third movie is going to go. I know there's going to be something about, you broke this rule. You broke the rule. You broke the rule. How dare you? I don't know how her and Noah are going to get into a conflict. I have no idea. I just think she needs to do something totally separate from them. And, like, I, I just, I feel like that's the truth for anyone. If anyone out there is like, I'm going to college. Do I go where all my friends are going? Do I go where my boyfriend's going? Honestly, don't even let that be a decision factor. That is so much money no. and so much time of your life. Like, go wherever you think is right for you. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, at least if she goes to somewhere in Boston, but not Harvard, you know, she doesn't have to see Noah. Exactly. And, like, even then, she probably wouldn't have to see him. Because they're probably, I mean, I don't know what Noah's majoring in. But these schools, they're not high schools. You don't see these people, like. I would just hate to know that I made such a big decision like that based on, like, a boyfriend or a best friend. And even if, like, her and Lee drift apart like during college like they'll still always be friends because like of their family connections like these this girl didn't even bother to check to see which program is better for the major she wants Mm -mm. to go into a video game design and you know the tuition is probably different in some ways (sighs) 
And, you know, you could look at scholarships for each one. And you know what? Harvard, out-of-state tuition. UC, uh, UC Berkeley, in-state. I'm like, you're already worried about money for UC Berkeley. I'm like, why are you going to try to go to an out-of-state institution that's already ridiculously expensive? I have no idea. But um, how would you rate this? I mean, do we have anything else to talk about? Um, I think we hit, oh, oh, we did leave out one big thing. I'm always just jumping ahead, aren't I? She does admit to Marco that she did have feelings for him, but he wasn't the one. (laughs) I always find it funny how, like, Marco is supposed to be, like, a main character in this movie, and we barely brought him up. I just, like, hated his character so much. Whenever he would come on screen, I would, like, black out. Obviously, he's coming back because when he and the and the boys are talking, one of the boys is like, she's not worth it. And he's like, yeah, she is. Yeah. Ew. So she, he's, coming, he's coming back. He's what if he follows her to college? Now that is the tea. That's my theory. Um, A rating? Let's see. Out of five, I got to come up with something good. Out of five, uh. Sp- Barks flying on the beach. Ew. Um, <laughs> I would give it like one and a half. I did think that there were times when it was really funny. Like, And I do think that although most of the plots were not very, subplots, excuse me, were not very like well thought out and everything, I thought they were entertaining. Mm. I, I'm going to stick with my half star just because of that one dance scene. Just because of that. That scene, I really do wish, like, memories actually worked like that. Like, you sit there and, like, the background just changes. I, I want to watch it again. I really do. I feel like that's going to be my go-to, like, put me in a good mood. If you're scene. ever sad, just watch that scene. If I can find yeah. it on YouTube, I will link it in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, I went into this movie thinking there was going to be some Harvard drama about creating a new social network. But obviously, I was not given that. So there was no Brenda song being crazy. There was no, you know, Mac cu- computers flying everywhere. But Your shares were diluted to 0.03%. I know. I was a little dis- just a little disappointed. And, you know, but next time, they better lawyer up. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. I like standing next to you, doll. You make me look so (laughs) tough. We are taking a quiz called, Which Ivy League school should you attend based on the colleges you bribe your imaginary children into? Just donate a library, okay? Like Lori Loughlin and Molly Ringwald. Mm Mm-hmm. By Seneca Schiff, I assume. Uh, a community contributor with 80,000 points. Look at that. She ain't mm. here to play. Thank you, Seneca. If that's her name, I don't know. Could just be a username. Anyways, pick a college to get your daughter Tiffany into. The fact that my daughter's name is Tiffany. Okay. Um. First and foremost, we have UCLA. Uh, my grandpa actually has a joke about UCLA. Really? Yeah, I can't put the exact words in because I don't want people to know my exact geographic location. Oh. But I would always be like, oh, I hope I can go to UCLA. Like, I was joking when I was younger. I'd be like, West Coast. Um, And he'd be like, you can go to the University of blank, blank area. 
And I was like, okay. Um, next up, we have Princeton University. Uh, then we have Cornell, which gives me cornbread energy. Mm. It just had corny, you know? Mm. Yeah. University of Notre Dame, or as the U.S. folks would say, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, UC Irvine. Or Big Vandy. Big Anchor Bandy. down. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a big, a big topic around here. Are you a UT or Vandy? Or I guess you would call them Vols. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to have to go with Big Vandy. You know, that's that's Southern Pride right there. And that's also your color for today. It is. It is. That yellow Yellow belly. Um, I am gonna pick. Mm, I can't pick Vanderbilt because I was rejected from there, and if my child got in, I would be hurt. So mm. I am gonna pick what's calling out to me. Ooh, Notre Dame and those gold helmets. I gotta go with Notre. All right, all right. Pick a college to get your son Chad into. Ew. Chadwick. Not Chad. Chatty. Um, Columbia University. Brown University, which I wanted to go to after reading that book by Jenny Hahn and that boy went there. <laughs> University of Chicago, which used to be my dream school, but I didn't apply because the application fee was $80. Washington University. I, nothing to say. Nothing bad. Uh, Tufts University. Never heard of it. I, I have never heard of that either. Where is that? Can someone Google it? Or the University of Virginia. Is it the Commonwealth University? Because their dorms are pretty poppin', I ain't gonna lie. Let's see. Tufts University is in Massachusetts. Ooh. Mass. Mass. Um, I'm gonna go with Brown University because I just feel like it, you know? I have no, like, like, attachment to any of these universities. I clearly have attachment to two. Okay, so since my daughter couldn't go to Vanderbilt because I didn't get in, I have to be sexist and send my son to the University of Chicago because I didn't even apply because I knew I wouldn't get in. We love sexism. Pick a college to get your daughter Nicole into. My goodness, we have so many kids. For real, like who is paying all these tuition fees? Not me. Well, um, obviously we're bribing. I mean, we are, but I'm like, mm. still, I got to give money to pay for all these libraries. That's true. Like, dang, That's true. where are these checks coming from? First up, we have Barnard College, like Bob Where's Barnard that? from Insatiable. I've heard of this, but I don't know where it is. I don't either. Let's let's Google Barnard. Uh, New York. Okay, Barnard baby. Um, Harvard University, home of our favorite social media entrepreneur, Mark Zuckerberg. Also, the Zucks. <laughs> also, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and then we have Duke University, which has the same mascot as my high school. Ooh, ooh. I always say it as Duke. 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 We have MIT. Nothing to say. Calculator, science, math, engineering, (laughs) women in STEM, Uh, Boston College. That's where you go when you can't get into Harvard. Ooh. And then we got Rice University. 
Ooh, I do like rice. I do love a brown rice bowl. Um, I, you know, I would love to be, um, Mark Zuckerberg. Zucky baby. <laughs> Go for, like, one year. Make, um, a social media page based on rating women, um, that rejected you. Uh, so obviously Harvard. <laughs> I can't send Nicole to Harvard she just would get her feelings hurt. I just know she would. She's a very sensitive girl. Um, I am, however, going to toughen her up. I'm going to send her to MIT. We need okay. more women in STEM. We need more women paving the path. Uh, pick a college to get your son James. <gasps> this is our baby. Remember last week, our firstborn's name was James. We okay, so we gotta do our best with this. I can't believe it's been eighteen years already since we had James. Oh my god, it feels like just last week. Well, I mean, it's probably. I mean, yeah, but like this is our fourth. No, we're counting. He's our firstborn. Mm-hmm. James. Mm-hmm. Those other kids don't count. The other kids, they came way later. James is just tried and true number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, we have Dartmouth College. Used to get a bunch of emails from there. Next, we have UPenn. Isn't that where the president of the United States went? Uh, I have no idea. I believe be him and his daughter went there. I think Elon Musk went there too. Mm. Question mark on that. These people. Uh, and then we have John Hopkins University. I think that's like a medical thing. That's what they're if known you, for. Yeah, if you want, uh, if you if you want to go to med school, there you go. We have Emory University. Emory? I've heard of Emory. It's in Georgia. Couldn't be me. Uh, Then we have NYU. I hope James goes into Tish and is, like, really artistic. Uh, And then we have University of Michigan. Very random, very out of place. Okay, so we got to pick our best. I feel like we should pick the same answer. So we need to decide on this. I mean... He doesn't get a say in this, obviously. What is James's personality? I think he's, like, artistic. Yeah, so that's why NYU would work. Same. Because, like, Emory, I'm like, do we want him to stay in the South? No. John Hopkins, obviously, that's not going to work. You can probably go for artsy things, but that's not what it's known for. Um, University of Michigan, I have heard that's, like, a pretty big school to get into, but... Again, I'm not too sure. The other schools just seem like pretty broad, so I think NYU would be it. Go big or go home for our sweet little boy. Mm. Pick a college to get your daughter Kimberly into. Kimberly is the name that I want all my children to have. All of them, Kimberly. Not Kardashian. No, no, Kimberly possible Hmm. first up we got yale not to be mistaken with kale like the word on my sweatshirt then we have stanford university and then we have northwestern uc berkeley i don't want to say this wrong is it brandeis university girl i have no idea i don't know anything if it's not a state school i don't know it and then we have <laughs> Harvey Mudd College. Is, is it dumb that I've never heard of Harvey Mudd College? I've never heard of it know? either. Okay. 
Um, let's see, Kimberly. You know, isn't Northwestern kind of also like medical? I've I've heard that's like pretty medical. I don't know. Aren't like all Ivy Leagues like business, medical, or law? Yeah, well, like Harvard. I mean, you could go to med school there, but like, I I feel like that's more law, like law and mm-hmm. business. But Northwestern, I feel like, is pretty med school ish. But Kimberly, you know, let's. Just, I'm just gonna go out. You know, she wants to be like a girl L and our boy Lee. Yeah, uh, UC Berkeley. Okay, Why I'm not? gonna pick. I don't know how to say that name once again. Is it Brandeis University? I'm gonna pick that because I feel like I would call it. You go into Brandy U, and they both have that Y at the end. Kimberly Brandy. It just meshes well for me. Which one is it? Which Ivy League school should you attend based on the colleges you bribe your imaginary children into? Okay, the school that I got was the school that I'm actually, I'm, I was kind of expecting. Brown University. Elegant, I feel like. Where did you get? I got Dartmouth College. Dartmouth. 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 I actually don't know that much about it, to be honest. I think it's mentioned in Breaking Dawn. Like, I don't know why, I just know that random... Along with the University of Alaska. Mm-hmm. Dartmouth is in New Hampshire. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's good to know what college we should go into while you are a gra- uh, you have graduated and I am close to graduating. <laughs> well, these are all for our sweet little babies. Well, this is what, uh, what we should attend. But we have to set the example for our sweet that, little babies. Mm, that's very true. Are all six? Is that we did six? Is this all from the same marriage? I don't know. It's a lot of kids. I don't think I can do it. No, maybe. Or I was going to say, even if they are adopted, I still don't want to raise all those kids. <laughs> that's just too many children. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to our outro? Of course. Uh, let me just quickly look up something to say. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god. The results that I wanted didn't come up. Okay. They read us, baby. They read us. What? Isn't that like so the confused. Harvard thing? Like, the Girl, Latin I don't thing. know. I didn't go Harvard. <laughs> I watched The Social Network once. I don't know everything about Harvard. Anyway, sorry our Prada suits are at the cleaners along with our hoodies and our FU flip-flops. We hope you enjoyed oh. this week's episode. <laughs> give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. And follow us on Twitter at Courage and Doll and check out our website. CourageDollPodcast.wixsite.com slash playing. And if you don't have Twitter but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us, podcast at com.